we're in our series on discipleship, and we've been talking about how to resist Satan with spiritual warfare, through spiritual warfare. And we've learned that Satan wants to resist us every step of the way. He does not want us to get saved. He resists us getting saved. He resists us being filled with the Spirit. He resists us walking in God's ways. He resists our prayer. He resists our Bible study. He resists us being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So we must learn how to resist his resistance. We can't be passive and defeat the enemy. We've taught on all of those things in this series. And 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Some people's lives are getting devoured. Their marriages, their families, their finances, I mean, their, their, their selves, their inner man, their peace. It's just Satan is d- devouring it because they, 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 people do not know how to stay alert and stay armed to fight against the enemy. We've got to stay alert. We've got to stay aware of the devices of Satan. In John 10, 10, Jesus says the thief's purpose, talking about Satan, is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them life and they may have it more abundantly. Never get those two things confused. Don't blame God for the stealing and the killing and the destruction that that the enemy does. Jesus here shows us the purposes of Satan. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. God wants to bless you, but Satan wants to block that blessing. God wants to bless your marriage, but Satan wants your marriage to die. God wants to bless your finances, but Satan wants you broke. God wants to bless your health. Satan wants, wants to kill you. God wants to bless your life. Satan wants to destroy it. You've got, to, you've got to understand that. But Jesus came to destroy the destroyer. 1 John 3, 8 says, The Son of God was revealed for this purpose. This is why Jesus came to earth. To destroy the devil's works. And you say, well, he came to die on the cross for my sins. He did. He destroyed the devil's works through the cross. On the cross, he defeated Satan, disarmed him, and made an open show of him. He came to give us victory. He gave us victory. We already fight from a place of victory. He gave us victory. We must enforce the victory. And not only must we stay alert and stay uh, aware, we must stay armed. Armed for battle. So I'm preaching a message today entitled Armed for Battle, How to Put on the Armor of God. Now, now you know what the armor of God is, and if you don't know, you're going to know by the end of this message. And now listen to me. Some of y'all know about it, but you don't know how to put it on. This, if I ask for a show of hands, how many of you know how to put on the armor of God? Yeah, I'm not asking for a show of hands, but if I was... Probably a lot of you wouldn't. So today, my goal is to teach you how to put on this armor of God and, and how to use them. And our text today will be from Ephesians 6, 10 through, uh, through 18. And, and it's uh, this great passage on, on spiritual warfare. And it starts off by Paul saying, Finally, be strong in the Lord and, and, and in his mighty power. Put on the full, can you say full? full? The full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He says, be strong. Be strong how? Be strong in your own strength? Come on, get stronger, get stronger, get stronger. You're not strong enough. Some of y'all fighting to get stronger. I'm just not strong enough to fight against the enemy. You've got your your eyes on the wrong strength. It doesn't say be strong in your strength. It says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
It's only by using God's power and God's armor that we can stand against the attacks of the enemy. And who's the enemy? Paul goes on to say, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. He's not talking about in heaven. He's talking about the rule over the heavens of the earth. This is Satan's hierarchy, his demonic hierarchy. And our spiritual warfare is against demons, not people. Your spouse is not your enemy. Your boss is not your enemy. Your co-workers are not your enemy. Your neighbors are not your enemy. Your in-laws are not your enemy. People are not your enemy. Demons are your enemy. And it seems like Satan works to make it seem like, listen to me real closer, to make it seem like you're fighting against people. He does that because he's influencing people to come against you. He did that with Jesus. Think about it. The Bible says that, that Satan came into Judas to convince Judas to betray Jesus. Everybody blames Judas, but it was the devil doing it. He influenced him to do that. He used The devil used Peter to try to convince Jesus that, that he didn't have to die for our sins. See, he didn't want it, Jesus dying on the cross. Because he knew that's where his defeat would come. So Satan works through other people. And that makes it look like the battle is with other people. But we've got to remember our battle is not with those people. We've got to look past that and have spiritual eyes and discernment to see the evil spirits that are working in and through other people. And so what do we do when we, when we understand who the enemy is? Paul goes on to say, therefore, because we have this fight, because we have this enemy, put on the full armor of God. He's saying it again, the full armor, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Here's how you know. I'm going to tell you throughout this sermon how to know if you've got armor on. When tough times come, when the enemy comes against you, you're able to stand. If you're not able to stand in faith in those times, you don't have the full armor on. Stand firm then. With a belt of truth, now he's talking about the armor, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all, 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 all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Paul tells us twice in this passage, put on the whole armor of God. Not part of the armor, not most of the armor, put on the full armor of God so that you may stand against uh, evil. This is so important because a, a missing piece of armor is a weak spot in your defense against the enemy. And the enemy doesn't attack a strong link. He, he, he always goes for the weakest link. And he's going to go for the place in your life where you are not covered in the spiritual armor. If you put on body armor but you have no helmet, he's going to go for your head. Your mind, your thoughts. If you have on a helmet but no breastplate, your heart is, is vulnerable, so he's going to go after your heart. If you have on armor but you have no sword, you cannot fight back. You get what I'm saying? You've got to put on the full armor of God. Do you know how to put on the armor? Do you know how to put on a belt of truth? Do you know how to put on the breastplate of righteousness? It takes more than praying. Some people say, every morning I get up and I pray, Lord, I put on the armor of God. This is good. Do it. 
I'm not saying don't do this. I put on the armor of God. I put on the, the belt of truth. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. They go through the whole thing and they put it on in prayer. And I think that's a great thing. I, I, I think you need to do that. But I'm going to show you some other practical things you need to do to put your armor on. You good with that? I want to remind you, Paul wrote this letter from prison. You know, most of the letters Paul wrote were he was in prison. I guess that's what it took to get him still long enough to, because he was out moving from place to place, preaching the, preaching the gospel and healing the sick. And, uh, and he wrote that he, and so in prison, he had a, a close up view of Roman soldiers on a daily basis. They were guarding him. So he saw the armor that they wore, and then he applied that armor in a spiritual sense with that armor and that weaponry so that we will know how to defend ourselves uh, against the devil. It's like Jesus did that many times in this parable, took something that we could see with our eyes and, and, and then apply it to us spiritually. And, and, and Paul said the first piece of armor we need is the belt of truth. And the belt was very important to a Roman soldier's uniform. It was the foundational piece that held it all together. The, the shield and the sword were attached to the belt, and the belt was tied in several places to keep it in place so that no matter how the soldier moved, even if he fell down, listen, even if he fell down, the belt was always in place and the sword was always ready. Without the belt, the soldier's armor would fall apart in battle. Likewise, truth is the foundation of the Christian life. Everything in our lives is fastened and fashioned and held in place by God's truth. If we're not grounded in truth, we will have no spiritual armor. If we're not grounded in truth, we will fall apart in battle. We've got to be so grounded in truth that no matter what happens in our life, we stay armed and we stand against all the attacks of Satan. If you fall apart when the enemy's fighting you, you don't have armor on. You don't have the foundation of truth. The first key, there's several keys here about truth. The first key is putting on, uh, to put on this, the belt of truth is putting on Jesus Christ. Romans 13, 14 tells us, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know in Jesus, in John 16, 4, Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the truth. I am the truth. He is the truth personified. If you want to know the truth, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. He is the exact representation of God. He's the exact representation of, of the, the truth of God. So our truth must be Christ-centered. So if you do not put on Christ, you cannot defeat Satan. We only have authority over the devil when we are in Christ. Only believers, only believers, born-again believers and followers of Jesus Christ have on, can have on spiritual armor. If you are not a born-again Christian, you are defenseless against Satan. But when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as Jesus as the truth, as the way to salvation, you put on Christ and he gives you power over all the works of the enemy. He says, I give you the power. I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. So the first key to putting on truth is putting on Christ. You've got to be born again. Secondly, the, the, the second key is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because John 14, 17 calls the Holy Spirit uh, the spirit of truth. And in Luke 24, 49, Jesus said to his disciples, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit just as my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with, with power from on high. The last command of Jesus was not go. 
The last command of Jesus was wait. Wait till you get filled with the power on high. Wait till you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Then you go in the power of the Spirit into all the world, making disciples. That's what we're preaching on, making disciples. You've got to know how to fight spiritual battles in order to make disciples. And the Greek word here for clothe in this passage in Luke is in duo. And it's the very same word used to tell us to put on the armor and to put, and to put on Christ. It's the exact same word. To win spiritual battles, we must be full of the Holy Spirit. The third key to putting on the belt of truth is to put on God's word. John 17, 17 says God's word is truth. That means we put ourselves under the authority of the word of God. If we disagree somehow in our flesh with the Bible, we choose to believe God over ourselves. We put ourselves under the authority and the teaching of the word of God. And not only do we just hear the word, we do the word. I've taught you this before. James said it. If you hear the word and don't do it, you, you deceive yourselves. If you're deceived, you don't have on a belt of truth. So right now, if there's areas in your life where you know God told you to do something and you're disobeying it, you don't have the belt of truth on. You can pray on a belt of truth all day long, but if you're walking in a way outside of the truth of God, you do not have the belt of truth on. Am I helping you at all today? Truth's also found in the church. 1 Timothy 3.15 says, I'm writing so you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household. Which is the church of the living God. Listen, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Foundation. Truth is foundation in our, foundational in, in our lives. And the church should be imparting foundational truth into all of our lives. And God did not create us to be able to mature alone. In fact, you won't grow to maturity all by yourself. God has de designed us to need each other. We are the body of Christ. No part of the body can say to another part, I have no need of you. We need each other. Yes, we need Jesus. Yes, we need the Holy Spirit. Yes, we need the Word. But we need each other in the church. We need leaders. We need teachers. We need the fivefold ministry, the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. We need fellow members. We all need each other. Amen. And in fact, Ephesians 4, when it's teaching about fivefold ministry that equips God's people for service and helps bring us to maturity, it says that when that happens, listen, then we will be no longer infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, which is happening to so many people to these days. They see something online on YouTube or read it on Facebook and they think, well, that's got to be true. They have, they have no foundational truth in their life. So they're blown about by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, instead of that, here's what we should be doing. We should be speaking the truth in love. And then we will all grow up into him who is the head, who is Christ. Listen, apart from being receiving foundational truth by being, somebody said it, Jan, I think, said about being plugged in in, in the church and, and being grounded and, and planted in the church. Uh, apart from that, we're very susceptible, very susceptible to false teaching and deception. We need to be in a Bible-teaching church where we hear the truth. Listen. You listening? We also need to be in relationship with people Spirit-filled, godly people who love us 
enough to speak the truth in love to us when we get off track. But unfortunately, okay, I'll say it again. We need to be in a Bible teaching church, but we also need to be in relationship with people who love us enough to speak the truth in love to us when we get off track. Listen, if your car is headed down a road and I know that the bridge is out ahead and you can't see it because you're coming over a hill and I don't, and I don't stop you, uh, uh, but when I don't want to offend them. You know, they're, they're, they're driving. They got a place they're trying to get to. They're driving. And I don't want to offend them by making them stop their trip and, and blah, blah, blah. They might get upset about it. No, that would be crazy. And if we see people who are headed in their life to destruction... Is it love to say, well, I don't want to offend them or anything? We've got to love people enough to speak the truth in love. In love. We all, we need that. We all need that. I need that. But listen, one of the signs of the end times is people easily offended. The Bible puts that in the list. People will be easily offended. And that's what, so what happens today is so many Christians are e so easily offended that when you try to lovingly point out something in their lives, something that would help him, they get upset. They get mad. They leave your church and they go somewhere else. Listen to me. I'm not saying everybody has a right to speak into your life. I'm not saying that everything anybody says to you is right or good. But the, if nobody is ever speaking anything into your life, something is off. Because the Bible tells us we need to be speaking the truth to each other in love. And iron sharpens iron. And we need each other to grow in the faith. So if you're not able to receive truth from somebody else, you don't have the belt of truth on. And this is the plan of Satan, to get you all alone, get you all isolated, get you all by yourself so he can defeat you easily. But to ground, be grounded in truth and have on that belt, we need Jesus, we need the word, we need the church, we need other speak, people speaking the truth and love to us. Now listen, here's a very important part to putting on the belt of truth. Ephesians 4.25 says, therefore each of you, listen to me, put away lying. And speak truthfully to each other, for we are all members of one body. To put on truth, you've got to put off untruth. Put off lying. Put off deception. I love you, but don't tell me you got on the belt of truth when you're still lying. Don't tell me you got on the belt of truth when you're cheating on your taxes or your expense report or your spouse. Listen, when you lie, you're speaking the language of Satan. He is the father of lies. When you cheat, you're doing the work of Satan. When you lie, you're taking off the belt of truth and your, your entire spiritual armor falls to the ground. You are absolutely defenseless, but a person of integrity has a clear conscience and they can face the enemy without fear. And if we're going to stand our ground, we've got to be committed to be people of the truth. Not just people of the word and who believe the word, but people who tell the truth. Stop saying this, well, it's only a little white lie. It wasn't that big. You're already taking off the belt of truth. You're already given Satan an open door to your life. You're wondering why Satan can come in and just run over your life. I'm just on one piece of the armor here. But if you don't start telling the truth in the name of Jesus, you will not have on the belt of truth and you will not be, have any defense against the, uh, the enemy. Amen. 
Thank you so much. Second piece of armor is a breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to have to hurry. Jeez, you know, I had a whole series on these. I had a whole series on these. What I preached before was a whole sermon on each one of these. And I'm trying to bring this down to just a few things. So the, the Roman soldier's breastplate protected all his vital armor uh, organs, especially his heart. So the breastplate of righteousness protects our heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else. For it, listen, it determines the course of your life. This is why Satan attacks our heart. If he can control our hearts, he can control our lives. That's why we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now listen to me. Apart from Jesus Christ, no one is righteous. Romans 3, 9 and 10 says, Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Apart from Jesus, we have zero righteousness. But here's some good news. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So you are either zero righteous or 100% righteous. There's no in-between. Apart from Jesus, you have no righteousness. In Christ, you have 100% His righteousness. It's His righteousness imputed to you. And if you do not know that you're righteous, you're an easy target for the enemy. If you don't know you've been born again through faith in Jesus Christ, you were once guilty, now you're not guilty. You used to be a sinner, now you are righteous. If you don't know that, you're an easy target for the enemy. You won't be able to pray with authority. You won't be able to worship with intimacy. Why? Because you'll never think you're good enough. The problem is you're looking at you. Your righteousness is, not, righteousness is not based on you. Your righteousness is never enough. It's the righteousness of Christ that is enough. And when we have a revelation that our righteousness is not about us, it's all about Jesus, when we put on that breastplate, then we reign in life, then we rule over Satan. Without that revelation, the enemy always reigns over us. He's always putting accusation, condemnation, and shame in our lives because we don't know that we are righteous through Jesus Christ. And if you're constantly condemned by the enemy, you don't have on the breastplate of righteousness. Then Ephesians 6.15 says, have your faith fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Peace prepares us. Prepares us for what? Well, for one thing, spiritual warfare. Romans 16, 20 says, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Under whose feet? Yours. Yours. You're waiting for God to do something when he gave you the armor. He gave you the authority. He gave you the name. He gave you all the weapons you need. And through God's power and God's armor and God's peace, we can crush Satan. And the, the sandals were an important part of a Roman soldier's armor because they were defensive and offensive. They, those sandals had spikes in the bottom of them, so they helped the soldier stand no matter what the, the ground was like. And they were used an, as an off, offensive weapon to attack the enemy. Likewise, the sandals of peace enable us to stand no matter what we we're walking through and they enable us to defeat your enemy Amen. how do you know you have on the sandals of peace whatever you go through you don't lose your peace some of us lose our peace like that all day long losing our peace how do we obtain peace with god 
First of all, by being born again. Romans 5.1 says, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not born again, if you've not been saved, you will never have peace with God. The only way to have peace with God is through faith in Jesus Christ. And that, that peace should then rule in our lives. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Since as members of one body, you were <coughs> excuse me, called to peace and be thankful. Listen, if peace doesn't rule your heart, something else will. If the peace of Christ does not rule our hearts, the worries of the enemy will. If the peace of Christ does not rule our hearts, the fear of Satan will. If the peace of Christ does not rule our hearts, the lies of Satan will rule our hearts. When we, but when we know we're right with God, when we know we're grounded in truth, we have peace with God. Without that peace, the enemy will control our hearts. Then Paul says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. There's that word again, all. Put on all the armor so that you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the enemy, all his attacks. And the Roman soldier had this shield that totally covered them. They could totally stand behind it and hide behind it. And that that shield is something they had to, to take up. And sometimes they held it here and sometimes they held it above their head when the enemy was, was shooting arrows, but it totally covered them. Just like faith is the shield that totally covers us. But faith is something you must take up. You must raise it up. I, I, I gave this word earlier in the, in the service and here's the scripture passage, 1 Timothy 1.18. Fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience. Some have rejected these and have shipwrecked their faith. They were sailing along and boom, they hit something and their, their, their lives totally fell apart because they didn't hang on to their faith and they didn't fight the good fight. The shield of faith is something you must have, you must take up, you must take it up and you must hold on to it. If you don't hold on to faith, you'll end up shipwrecked because of the fiery arrows of Satan. Those fiery arrows are usually thoughts like you're going to die of cancer, your marriage is going to fail, you'll never amount to anything, you'll always be broke. It's all those fiery arrows that the enemy is shooting into your mind all through the day and they hit their target only when we put our faith in Satan's word over God's word. We put on the shield of faith by believing God's word over Satan's word. So that's how you know if you have it on or not. What are you believing when those, those arrows are shooting? You, do, you, do, you, do you believe those words or do you believe God's word? Then Paul said to put on the helmet of salvation. Obviously, that's what protects our heads. Uh, no soldier in his right mind would go into battle without a helmet. The helmet gives them a certain amount of confidence and, and protection. And, and that, that helmet of salvation gives us confidence and protection in Jesus Christ because our minds are a battlefield. You win or lose spiritual warfare by the way we think. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5 says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought into captivity. You see, Satan attacks our minds. Look at all these things that are listed in these verses. He's talking about arguments, thoughts, knowledge, 
All these things. And, and, and Satan wants to attack our minds with things like fear and discouragement and doubt. He loves to point out our failures. He loves to point out our, our faults. He loves to point out everything negative. He wants us to doubt our salvation. He wants us to doubt that God is good. He wants to doubt God's word. He wants us to doubt the, the, the power of prayer. In fact, he wants you to believe your doubts and doubt your faith. But the helmet of salvation is what protects us in these times of attack. Jesus died on a cross to give us a helmet of salvation. If you want assurance of that, look to the cross. Jesus died there for you. And all the religions of the world will not benefit you without taking God's offer of salvation through Jesus Christ. Salvation is not found in your good works. Salvation comes by receiving the God's gift of grace. That's the only way it comes. And, and when I recognize that my ways cannot make me right before God, I turn from my own ways, I choose God's way, then I receive the protection of the helmet of salvation. If I'm always trying to earn it, earn it, earn it, earn it, earn it, I never have that protection because I'm never good enough. I'm never righteous enough. I, I can't save myself. I need something greater than myself. I need a Savior. I need Jesus Christ. And when I recognize that, then I receive the protection of the helmet helmet of salvation. And Paul said, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Roman soldier's sword was a deadly two-sided weapon, and our sword is God's Word. It's also a deadly weapon. Satan hates it when you read the Word. That's why it's so hard for you to. He hates it when you pray the Word, when you speak the Word, when you memorize the Word. The word used for, in the Greek for, for sword is rhema. And it means to utter, to pronounce, to, to speak. It means actually speaking the word of God. There's power in speaking God's word. Yes. There is power. In I preached on that last week. I'm not preaching on it again today. But Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active. Living and active. It's alive. It's powerful. You go to my office, you're going to see our office, shelves of books. There's thousands of them in there. And they're nothing like this. Amen. Nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing. This word is alive. This word is powerful. This word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and, and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and intents of the heart. And, and we've got to learn the word and memorize the word and speak the word. We've got to pray the word. A big key in spiritual warfare is praying the word of God. I mean, if you can't find a word, get a book that gives you the promises of God. Go online. Here's the easiest thing. Google it. Scriptures on peace. Scriptures on anger. Scriptures on lust. Scriptures on discouragement. Whatever. It'll bring up 50 passages. Start praying through those. Pray that word. Because Paul tells us in Ephesians 6.18, this is at the end of all the talking about putting on armor. Right? We've got it on. Now he says, the very next verse, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Paul tells us pray, 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 and then pray some more. Prayer is where the action is. If we're not praying, we're not in the battle. We're like troops all dressed up in their armor, carrying our weapons, but we're just on our, our own base playing war games. You've got to get into the real battle. And prayer is where we exercise our authority over the enemy. So in prayers, we've got to praise God because praise defeats the enemy. 
But another part of, of warfare prayer is binding and loosing. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 19, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose on heaven. Biblically, Keys symbolize authority. Authority to open, authority to close. Authority to, to allow some things, authority to forgive, to forbid some things. And God gives every single believer, God gives you the keys of the kingdom. Authority over all the power and the work of the Satan, the, <coughs> of Satan. So the main thing he's talking about here is you have the power to bind the enemy and to loose his captives. He's given you that authority. You're waiting on God to do it. He's given you that authority. Christ gave all believers that authority. Listen, Satan is a strong man and he is armed, but the Lord Jesus is stronger. Greater is he who is in us. We have the power to bind and loose. We have the keys of the kingdom. We have the name of Jesus. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the cross of Christ. We have the full armor of God and we can withstand every single attack of the enemy in Jesus' name. So go forth today, armed for battle, submit to God, resist the devil, defeat every fiery attack of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I got it done. <coughs> hey! What's God saying to you? What's God saying to you? Man, you better know how to put that armor on. You need to get in the Word. Stop lying! Know who you are in Christ. Be born again. Be filled with the Spirit. Let the peace of Christ dwell in you richly. Protect your mind with the Word of God. Take up that sword of the Spirit. Pray with the authority. Some of y'all have never prayed with authority. It's time to pray with authority. We don't command God, but we command the enemy. We don't pray we don't pray to Satan, but we pray against Satan in the name of Jesus. Some of y'all need to start doing warfare. The enemy has been defeating you every time you turn around and you don't know what to do. I'm telling you, put on the armor of God. Resist the enemy and he will flee. Our prayer team's coming down. If you need prayer for anything today, if you're not born again, I mean, this is a place to start. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, to, this is a place to start. Give your life, your heart to Jesus. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Spirit today. If you've, got, if you've not been in the Word and you have, you have issues with trying to, 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 to read your Word, the enemy's fighting you on that, come down for prayer. Any of these areas of armor you need help with, we want to pray with you. If you want to pray for somebody else as we sing this last song, come on down. Love you so much. Thanks for being here today. May God bless you and watch over you and protect you this week.